us uh, in here in our activity center. And a warm welcome to everyone who is joining us online for the live stream of this service. If you are joining us for the live stream broadcast of this service, then I'll alert you to the fact that you can find today's worship bulletin at the same website uh, under the tab Download PDF. And it's on the same web page where you clicked on to join this service. And so a warm welcome to everyone. Under normal circumstances, we would be eager to welcome innumerable people into our sanctuary for this service of worship, but we, of course, are not under normal circumstances uh, here at GPC or in our world at large. One reason we're not is, of course, the COVID pandemic, which has limited everybody in so many ways, and so we uh, are grateful for everybody's understanding of the need to limit the, uh, the number of seats available for this service. The other main reason for limiting uh, the seizing for this service is the burst pipe that we had during the deep freeze in February that flooded our entire sanctuary and, of course, necessitated the move into here, our gymnasium, for all of our worship services for the foreseeable future. What we know, however, is that wherever God is present, that space is holy. And so we believe we gather in the presence of God this afternoon and that God is indeed with us in here, that God is present among us. And we come this afternoon to worship God and to remember Sandy. The psalmist says, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Come into his presence with singing. And so we take these words to heart on this day, even as we acknowledge that joy and singing are, in some respects, hard to come by. We gather here in grief upon the death of our friend Sandy Franks, a beloved wife and mother, an excellent teacher, a loyal colleague, and a longtime staff member here at GPC. Most of all, a follower of Christ with a special gift of worship and music. And because we are all, all too saddened by Sandy's sudden illness and death, it is difficult, we acknowledge, to lift up our hearts in celebratory worship today. And yet, and yet because God is good, and because God created Sandy and endowed her with such enormous gifts and talents, especially her voice, how can we keep but singing? How can we keep from singing songs of gratitude and thanksgiving on this day as we remember her? Among so many other blessings brought our way by God through Sandy, chief among them was the gift of worship, and it was the gift of song. And so we will appreciate her legacy among us today by singing through all of our emotions, all that we bring to this time of worship. In our regular Sunday worship services in our sanctuary here at GPC, we frequently have a solo before we read the scriptures and before we have the sermon. And I can't tell you how many times Sandy would leave me in worshipful awe by the beauty of her voice. Sandy just communicated God's grace through her voice. On several occasions, she would finish her solo and return to her seat, and I would just forget <laughs> what to do next. I would forget to stand up and start the next part of the service, and one of the ministers would usually elbow me and just kind of wake me up. 
from this worshipful trance. But I knew as I would go up into the pulpit that nothing else that I would say and nothing else the rest of the service would bring people closer to God than what they had just heard from Sandy's voice. Over the years when we meet with church families, the ministers, when we meet to talk about a memorial service for one of their loved ones, one of the first questions that comes out from almost all of them is, do you think Sandy will be available to sing for the service? Everybody asks that question. People wanted her to have that lasting singing presence on the final public remembrance of that person's life. It was as if Sandy would sing that person's soul over from this world into eternity. And I've said and and repeated something to Sandy that I have learned uh, that many of you have said and repeated to Sandy over the years, and it was this question, will you sing at my funeral someday? How many people in here asked that of Sandy? For me, and I think for all of us, there was something beautifully reassuring about the thought that Sandy would sing us on our way into eternal life. So that won't happen, but today we will sing for Sandy. We will sing for Sandy. We'll sing songs of gratitude and love. We will sing words of faith and assurance. And even as we grieve today, we do so with hope. Because of God's love revealed in Jesus Christ, we have hope that death is not the end. And because Sandy trusted in her Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, because she was so dedicated to serving Christ in her life and worshiping this God that she loved, we know and we have great hope for Sandy. We believe in God's redeeming love that was at work in her life. We believe in God's transforming power that has indeed watched over her in death. We believe, we have assurance in her own resurrection into God's eternal kingdom, and so we can celebrate her life today as we commit her to God's mercy, merciful care and keeping. Friends, let us worship God. Please stand as we join in our responsive call to worship. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Praise God's salvation day after day. Declare the Lord's glory among the nations, His marvelous deeds among all people. Most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant, and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for He comes, He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness, and the peoples in His faithfulness. Please remain standing for our opening hymn, which you can find on the insert in your bulletin.
Would you join me in prayer? Eternal God, we bless you for the great company of all who have kept the faith, who have finished their race, and who now rest from their labor. Jesus, especially, we thank you for your servant, your child, your friend, Sandy, whom you have now received into your presence. So be near to us in this service of honor and remembrance. Speak to us, revealing what we have not yet seen, and bring us at last with all your saints into the joy of your home, where Sandy is, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good afternoon. I'm Bill Skoog and I teach at Rhodes College where I came to teach in 2009. And I am today where none of us wants to be, I think. And that is here for this reason. Woody honored me the other day by texting me and said, would you speak? I'm glad he texted me because my first thought was, I can't do that. And my second thought was, pardon the double negative, I thought, I can't not do that. This is Sandy. This is Woody. I love them. I know we all do. It's why you're here. It's why you're watching today. I've entitled my remarks a little bit Serenade to Sandy because I want to speak to her music and her voice. And William took about half of my comments, so <laughs> that's all good. Sandy, when I first came on staff here, as I was a new chair in the department, and Sandy made no hesitation to tell me all that she could teach. She said, I can teach voice, of course I sing. I can teach vocal pedagogy, vocal literature, vocal jazz, Broadway, opera. Hire me full time. <laughs> and I said, well, my powers only extend so far, but I'll see what I can do. And of course, in my time here, that was not able to happen. And yet, with all the things she did throughout this community, I can't imagine her being in one place in one position. She sang many works with the Rhodes Master Singers Chorale, the Memphis Symphony. I was honored to conduct her a number of times in some of those works. I'll give you a brief list of some of the things she sang. I recognize some co-singers out here and soloists sang with her. And her great attitude was always egoless. It was always about the music. It was always about the art form. It was always about the spirit of the music. Never about the ego. One of the first works we did together was Vaughn Williams' Serenade to Music. And so I'm kind of referring this as Serenade to Sandy. Messiah. Many times. Messiah. And different pieces in Messiah. And Bach B minor mass. And I bring those up for a couple of reasons. It was my custom to use several soloists, several sopranos in the given work. What would you like to sing? Well, I'd prefer this or that, but whatever is perfectly fine. And she meant it. And she'd sing whatever piece it would be gloriously and serve in whatever role would best fit at that time. Her attitude was tremendous. A quick story about Messiah. 
One year we did Rejoice Greatly. We began the rehearsal, and Sandy stopped. She goes, can we go a little faster? Now, that's like pouring gasoline on flame. <laughs> All right, we'll go a little faster. That's about right. Bach B minor, same kind of thing. Hide in creation. Just last spring, the poster is still on her door of her office. Invert your clad. Clad in green, greenery this time of year. What a perfect aria for her. And on mighty pens, lofted up to the angels. And that piece moved. We got in rehearsal for on mighty pens. Oh, a story about that. Her rehearsal schedule was always interesting. Because she would ask, we might have the rehearsal 7 to 9.30 at night. Might I come that night at 7 o'clock? Might I come that night at 9 o'clock? Why, Sandy, why? Well, there's Jonathan. I've got this thing with Woody. Something with Gerald at the church. The children's choir. And so I can make it about 9.10. <laughs> She'd come in the door at 9.10, breathless, sing on Mighty Pens, which if you don't know if it's fine, it just it's, takes off like crazy. Afterwards, I'm sorry, I'll be better tomorrow. Sandy, I'll be better tomorrow. With all of that going, and yet all of that with grace, all of that with class, with beauty. The Real Ambassadors, and I see some of you here that were in The Real Ambassadors and hosted it at Bartlett Methodist and also at Playhouse in the Square. Now, you may not know that piece, some of you, but it's a jazz musical by Dave Brubeck. And there was an occasion in which I really wanted, it had with racial equality and social justice. That's what the work has to do with. And those of you that were in it know that. The original performance of that was Dave Brubeck Quartet, Louis Armstrong Quartet, Lambert, Hendricks, and Ross. Vocal jazz background. I asked Sandy if she'd be interested in producing this with me, musical direction, singing the trio, because jazz was part of her thing. So I gave her a score and a CD of it, of those great musicians, and I forgot all about it. And about two weeks later, I came back to my office in Hassel Hall on Rhodes Campus. I'm upstairs. Here comes Sandy Franks. Have you ever seen her skip? <laughs> she was skipping down the hallway, running and skipping down the hallway. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. I have no idea what she's talking about. The real ambassadors. I love it, I love it, I love it. Let's do it, we must do it. And so we did. And the Brubeck sons were all there in the front row. And they had heard it live at Lincoln Center and said this production was better. Better because these people get it. And who was that soprano? If you don't know the work, 8,000 high C's and D's 16th notes running all over the place, vocal jazz, pure vibratoless tone. One time I said, Sandy, I think we need a high D on that one spot right there. She said, sure, and she did it. <laughs> I mean, like nothing. I said, how? She goes, that's what I do. <laughs> that's what I do. But without ego. Matter of fact, that's what I do. Amazing. The other part about Real Ambassadors is she was not a star. It was the trio. The stars were Louis Armstrong, Carmen McRae, and yet they were over here in stools. She loved it. It was her thing. It's what she did. 
In Chariots of Fire, Eric Fidel is asked, he's about to do a missionary thing to China. And he's talking with a person, he says, I believe God made me for a purpose. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. I think that's true for Sandy. When she sang, we would feel God's pleasure. A direct line to God through her voice. I felt it. The a cappella things in the church, you're right, all the time, all the time. One of the first pieces she did with me was Serenade to Music by Vaughan Williams, text by Shakespeare. The last lines of the soprano soloist go like this, and I'll close with these words. Come ho and wake Diana with a hymn. With sweetest touches, pierce your mistress's ear and draw her home with music. And Sandy has been drawn home with music. We were drawn home through her music. And she finished that with a glorious high A. And as Will was saying before, and this is dangerous for a conductor, she sang that high A, and everything for the next several measures for me was a blur. No recollection. It was so sublime and so gorgeous. And draw her home with music. I have such gratitude for having known Sandra Franks, having had her sing with us, Woody. And I know she's missed tremendously, but what a great gift for us all to have had her in our lives. Serenade to Sandy. don't know, I'm Gerald Tichy, Director of Music here at Germantown Presbyterian. First thing I want to say is that all of the music today was chosen by Woody, and the first thing he said to me that kind of set me back when we started talking with Will about the service was, no soloist. And I kind of did a double take, like, that's what Sandy was, a soloist. What do you mean, no soloist? And then he explained kind of what Bill was referring to. She didn't want to offend any soloist that she had sung with through the years by asking another soloist to be the soloist at her service today. So they talked about that, and so that was one of the first things. Woody said, no soloist. But he said, could we do the ensemble like we were doing before Christmas? This is the group that sang pretty much before Christmas. We finally abandoned that for a while when we had a surge and uh, we're so hoping and praying that not only the ensemble, but the choir can be back in the fall. Dr. Skoog has been telling you about the many wonderful things that she sang in her musicianship. She was fantastic. I first met Sandy, I imagine it was 95. 95 or 90, 96 is when she came to join us here at Germantown Presbyterian. My wife, Jan, who's sitting here, Jan Petrie, Dr. Petrie, and Bill Hinkle is sitting with her, who was a speech pathologist and was dean of the College of Allied Health Sciences at that time, <clears throat> was working with us, and we had created not only my wife's ear, nose, and throat practice, but Voice Care Associates, 
we were one of two or three practices in the country that had a multidisciplinary approach to care of the professional voice. We had a singer, speech pathologist, physician, all under the same roof, and we would see singers that were having difficulty. Sandy was a doctoral student down at Ole Miss, University of Mississippi, and Dr. Hinkle, Dr. Petrie, and myself, we were adjunct professors down there, and we'd go down and do lectures and various things. So that's where I met Sandy. She then requested, as Karen, her very close friend over here did when she was working on a doctorate here at Memphis, could, we, could I do a project with you all? I'm a vocal pedagogy doctoral student. And we had a number of those people come along. And of course, we said immediately yes. And I said, I came to Germantown Prez in 93. I'm looking for singers. I'm looking for good singers. If you'll come sing with us, and I said the same thing to Karen, sure, we'll do a project with you in our office. <laughs> but you got to come sing at Germantown Presbyterian Church. And so that's how she came. And then we were having big Christmas parties at the time, and many of you probably have been to some of those Christmas parties at our house, where we would have 50, 60, 70. It got to where we were having hundreds and had it out at a furniture store for several years, where all the community singers would come and sing. But the, one of the first times Sandy sang at one of those Christmas parties, we were living up here on Diane Cove. And I said, Sandy, what are you going to sing for us? I had just met her. I had never heard her sing by herself as such. I said, what do you want to sing? And Tom Bryant was playing piano. She said, I think I'll sing Glitter and Be Gay. I said, okay. Let me hear you sing that. And I had just conducted that and had worked my buns off, shall we say, to get where I could conduct it over at UT Knoxville with uh, Clarence Brown Theater and the music department collaborating. It is a tough piece. A couple of you guys over here sing the piece. It's one of the toughest pieces sopranos sing, as he's mentioned to her vocal prowess. And she sang that piece there in our house, and I just kind of dropped my jaw and stood back, and I walked over to my wife. I said, we have to hire her. And the office, not only at the church, I had so many voice people that I was working with in rehab, I needed help. And so we hired her to work with us in the office. She became a wonderful research assistant, helped us do many papers and present many papers at the Voice Foundation in Philadelphia. She loved it, ate it up. It was what she wanted to do, vocal pedagogy. And from there, she developed her career here in town, teaching at the University of Memphis, then at Rhodes, she actually started teaching over at Rhodes. I was an adjunct professor over there teaching voice. Couldn't keep up with uh, all the students they were trying to assign me. Uh, so I said, Sandy, come and help me. You teach half of what they're trying to assign me. And from there, she took over, and eventually, that's where she landed. And if you'll talk to her voice students, several of them maybe are in the group here, out here. She was a fantastic teacher. She was a fantastic teacher, and people loved her for that. But she came here as a, to this church as a soloist, section leader, and as an administrative assistant in music to do the, many of the things that Alex, our organist, does now. We had a very part-time organist then who was teaching at Rhodes, Tom Barr, who was a math teacher, actually. And Sandy was able to help me with the bulletins, with various things. But I found out she could do 
pretty much anything. As Bill was saying, she can, all the things she said she could teach, she could do that. And she could sing jazz. She could sing folk music. She could sing oratorio. She had the ability and had down at Ole Miss, she'd sung in a jazz group down there and, and was down there a, a great organizer of things. Uh, Dr. Uh, Choral Director Jordan, she was his right-hand person down there for several years as they planned trips to uh, Europe and various places. A wonderful organizer. She helped me tremendously. So she became like a part of our family over the time we worked together. I will miss her greatly. I was telling the choir just a, or the ensemble just a while ago, she had that quality of her voice when she sang with the choir or ensemble. And there are a couple of other people over here that have that quality. You can tell they help blend and make a blend out of the group rather than a voice that sticks out or whatever. She's got the high notes. She's there. She's on it. But it helps the group sound like a choral group. She was a wonderful person, a close personal friend, somebody we're going to miss but never, ever forget. Thank you guys for being here today to sing for her. Thank you, Woody, for asking and suggesting that. Jonathan, I want you to keep doing things in music in this church. I called him several weeks ago or texted him and said, let's get you with Alex, get your big bass out. We want a prelude out of you sometime in the next month or two. We want him back in his place with the youth group and doing things. I love all of you. Love your family. My This tie I have, I'm wearing today, Sandy gave that to me for singing at their wedding. Two, my, two of my daughters were flower girls in their wedding. That's how we have known each other through the years. We will miss you, Sandy. We love you. Thank you. please bow your heads for a prayer for illumination. O holy and eternal God, your spirit inspired those who recorded scripture. And we pray today that your spirit would enlighten us to hear your word and to hear it fresh and help us to rely always on the promises that you have given us in scripture. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our first reading from Scripture comes from Psalm 116. So hear now the words of the Lord. The psalmist writes, Be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And then these words of comfort from the prophet Isaiah. He writes, The righteous perish, and no one ponders it in his heart. The devout are taken away, and no one understands that the righteous are taken away, 
to be spared from evil. Those who walk uprightly enter into peace. They find rest as they lie in death. This is the word of the Lord. From the New Testament, we hear these words that come to us first from the Gospel of Matthew, reading Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Come to me, all you that are weary and who are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Then also these words from John chapter 14, starting in verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, so that where I am you may be also. Amen. For my brief reflections this afternoon, I want to go back to other words from Scripture we've actually already spoken this afternoon in our call to worship. If you see there in your bulletin, the words that we said earlier come from Psalm 96. And if you know Psalm 96, and if you reflected on those words a few minutes ago, you know that Psalm 96 is one of the most jubilant psalms in all of the Psalter. The book of Psalms, as you may know, was, of course, the hymn book of ancient Israel. All these psalms were actually songs, and they were sung in all kinds of situations and in all kinds of places as God's people lifted them up as an act of worship. There is, in the book of Psalms, there is a psalm for every situation in life. Every single one, good or bad, happy or anxious, confessional or triumphant, there is a psalm for every occasion. Whatever we go through, whatever we go through in this life that God has created for us to have, there is a psalm to mark each and every day, each and every occasion, each and every mood. For example, some people are often surprised to hear that fully one-third There are 150 psalms. Fifty of them are lament psalms. They fall into that category of lamentation. They were songs that people sang when their hearts were broken. Back then and even today, we know, of course, that following God has never meant that at times our hearts wouldn't be broken. There are times when people in Scripture question God's goodness, and they're very faithful. There are times when they wonder nervously about God's providence. There are times when people can't understand why God would do what he does, why God would allow what he does sometimes, the suffering and the illnesses of good people. There are times when people wonder why God doesn't heal people in the way that we want and that we pray for. When all of those occasions happened, people sang lament psalms. Psalms are so important. These lament psalms are because they demonstrate that you could be extremely faithful and a follower of God and still be disappointed in God, even angry at God, and still be faithful. 
We can use the words of the Lament Psalms, and God considers that faithful prayer. And so these Lament Psalms are so much of the Psalter because lamenting has a very real and regular place in our walk with God, a real and regular place in all of our lives. We will live in lament and grief at least a third of the time. And these psalms prove that you can be faithful and still lament and grieve. And I imagine that we will lament and grieve the loss of Sandy Franks for a long time to come. We will lament because we do know what we have lost. Most importantly to those most important to her, the loss of a wife and a mother. The one who was the glue that sealed their family together in this amazing providing love. The loss of a daughter, a sister, an aunt, a friend. To the greater Memphis music community, so many of you gathered here. We've lost a talented and gifted voice that was shared with so many so generously. And to this church and its musicians and choirs and members and staff, we've lost a good friend and a bright spirit and a generous heart. So we will lament for a long time. And yet, when we remember Sandy, we will also be informed by these other psalms, especially psalms like Psalm 96. Go back if you can and go back and look at some of these words that were there in our call to worship. Incredibly powerful words. Psalm 96 is all about rejoicing. It's all about rejoicing because God is good. It's about singing a new kind of song to God. In this psalm, it's not just people. It's not just God's people. The whole of creation gets to join in in this rejoicing at the goodness of God, the maker of everything. Let the heavens rejoice, it says. Let the whole earth be glad. Let the sea resound in all that is in it. This psalm is saying that every realm of creation, above us, around us, and beneath us, everything is called to praise God. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord. Everybody. And everything gets to join this incredible song of joy before the Lord. And why? Why? The psalm goes on to answer that question. Why? Because God is active. God is alive in this world. God is not passive. God is not aloof. God is not inattentive. God's redeeming love is at work in in the world and in creation all around us. God's love is at work in us. God's power and God's holiness, they are transforming us for the better each and every day, each and every week. For this community of faith, as we would gather together week in and week out, we can feel the power of God at work in our worship, empowering us to go out and live in the world as Christ's followers. And Psalm 96 talks about the one in whom we can put our ultimate hope. It says this, For all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. The Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. It's this great reminder, Psalm 96, that we all will do this. We'll all look for other 
gods or other causes or other people to bring us satisfaction, but in the end, they can't and they won't. The only one who will is the creator God, the God of all life. This is the one who can. Knowing that God is the God of all life means, of course, that God is also the God over death. Even death and sin cannot quench God's love for us revealed in Christ. God invites us, therefore, to put all of our hope, all of our trust, all that we are in Him. And God promises to care for us in this life. And then most significantly, to care for us and to watch over us even in death. And so we live by that promise. Our response to that promise is in how we live. And no matter how many days we have to live, our response ought to be one of gratitude and love. And we love God because God has first loved us and we live for God. And we therefore use all of our talents and all of our gifts to live a worshipful life to the very best of our abilities. And can you think of a better example among us of this kind of of worshipful life than that of Sandy Franks? Can you think of a better example? We have all seen this God-inspired life among us, and we've all been so blessed by her talents. In our church, we saw her rejoicing faith on display so often. And one of those ways, one of those ways, of course, here at GPC is by celebrating the faith and the trust of children. We love children. We love who they are here at this church at all different levels of their growth and their faith and their young stages of life. And you've already heard that Sandy, of course, was our director of children's choirs. And if you've ever worked with children's choirs, then you know how much fun and how much creativity and you know how much happiness and how much exhaustion and how much exasperation and how much craziness there is working with children's choirs. And there are a handful of kids who are there, of course, every children's choir practice who are excited to sing and they're paying close attention on the edge of their seats. And maybe there's another handful who pout because they don't want to be there, but their parents have made them be there. There's another chatterbox group that's talking the whole time while they should be singing. And then always, always there is one. There is one whose heart is pledged to pure mischief. And is making sure that everybody stops singing to pay attention to him or her while hair is pulled and arms are pinched. And Gerald tells me that the adult choir is like that a lot too around here. (laughs) It takes a very special talent. The rarest breed of talented teachers to love and relate to all of those kids. To relate to all of them and, and then instill into them, especially that one to instill into them and then pull out of them song and music and worship that sounds amazingly good. And it always did. Here at GPC, every year on Mother's Day, we have this annual children's musical. And it is always so wonderful. The children would sing and say their lines and act everything out so well, and it was a hit. For everybody in our church, not just those children and their parents, but honestly, this room would be filled with so many of our older church members who loved those kids and to see them on that day. And we grew to love that Mother's Day musical, 
and it was this sort of organized, mostly unorganized chaos that was incredible. And no one, not even Sandy, knew for a minute, even before it started, if it would even finish with a minor or major catastrophe. But it never did because, because of Sandy. And I would say her faithful musical companion and good friend Karen. And so many other helpers. In the end, that musical was perfect. It was just perfect. Thanks to Sandy and others, but Sandy, there will be a whole generation of adults who grow up to love God and grow up to love Christ's church because of the foundation that was laid for them by Sandy and her work with children. All of us who have children, whose children were taught by Sandy, will always be so grateful for what she did for them through music. I was able to go back and watch um, the last several times when Sandy sang in our church services, and, and we could now, because we record them, go back and watch those live stream services. And I went back and I watched the last few times when Sandy sang saw that incredible rendition of Sweet Little Jesus Boy that she sang on December the 6th as part of that Calinisparian in our choir service. I also went back and I watched her solo <clears throat> at the service for Dr. Joe Donahoe. Many of you remember Dr. Joe, of course, a beloved minister in this congregation. And so Sandy sang on eagle's wings at Dr. Joe's service. She hit every note perfect, perfectly, of course. And then she sang these concluding words. And he will raise you up on eagle's wings, and he will bear you on the breath of dawn. He will make you to shine like the sun and hold you in the palm of his hand and hold you, hold you, hold you in the palm of his hand. After she was diagnosed, I was visiting with Sandy and we talked about many things, and we both knew how the, uh, what the outcome of her illness would be. We talked about many things, and I told her that I had gone back and that I had watched that solo. And I said, now it's your turn, Sandy. It is your turn, and God will hold you in the palm of his hand. And she said, I know, I know, I know, I know, and I'm so grateful. And so we are grateful today for the life and the love and the legacy of Sandy Franks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Will. You know, there are times when we don't have the strength, the energy, the, the emotional capacity to feel a lot of faith. In days like this, we're very acutely aware of how limited we are. But the good news is that you don't have to be strong enough because we've got each other. This life of faith is meant to be lived together. And so I invite you to lean back and be held in the arms of one another and the faith of the church 
as we say together what we believe by reciting the Apostles' Creed. Would you join me? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Please join me in prayer as we thank God for Sandy's life. Let us pray. Almighty God, we do come before you again today grateful for the breadth and for the depth of your love. Yours is the love that created this world in which we live, and you love us with great mercy and compassion throughout all our days. Your love cares for us in this life, and yours is the love that watches over us in death. And so watch over us now as we give you thanks for Sandy, and as we pray for those who loved Sandy and who received love from her. Lord, we do offer our heartfelt thanks for her, for all in Sandy that was so special and kind and good. We remember and give thanks especially for all the relationships of her life where she gave and received so much love. We thank you for her own family into which she was born and was nurtured. We thank you for her parents who raised her and taught her love from her earliest days. We thank you for grandparents and siblings and extended family, all those who played a role in shaping Sandy in her life. Lord, we thank you for her marriage to Woody and for their years together as husband and wife. We remember and are grateful for their times of goodness and joy. Lord, for all their days of happiness and friendship from their first day where they met at church singing together and then falling in love. For all the things they shared in common, for their unique gifts that complemented each other's. For Sandy's influence for good on Woody and for her care of him and for his care of her, especially in these last few months. Lord, for the home and for the family that grew from their relationship and her being the mother that she was to Jonathan. We're grateful for his bond with his mother and how she took care of him and taught him and instilled in him so many of her own gifts and talents and how she loved him from his first days to her last. Lord, for her love of excellent music, for her gift of performance, for her gifts of worship, for loyal and strong friendships with innumerable people, so many in this church, so many in this community, so many beyond. Lord, we're grateful for her sense of humor and her smile and her warmth for her personality and her attributes that endeared her to so many, O oh God, we give you thanks. Lord, for her service to this community through music at Rhodes and the University of Memphis, Lord, at the opera, and especially in this church where she was known and loved, for teaching so many of our children about the goodness of your love and for loving them and teaching them to love you through music. Most of all, we are grateful for her relationship with you that made her the woman she was. And so we do lift up to you all those who will miss Sandy the most and will feel such a void. We pray for her family, 
that you would comfort Woody and Jonathan as they miss her influence daily. We pray that you would be so close to her mother, be close to her brother. We thank you for Sandy's special love in Leah's life, that you would remain close to her, be with all those, O oh God, who loved Sandy and were loved by her. Lord, let Sandy's love live on in all of us today and always. Give everyone strong memories of Sandy at work in their lives and for all of these people. We pray that you would speak in reassuring tones and that you would enable each one of us to live with confidence that there is nothing in life or in death or in things present or things to come that can separate us from your love in Christ Jesus. And we pray, O oh God, that you would hear us now and that we would remain in a mode of prayer and in a spirit of prayer as our ensemble sings the prayer that you taught us, the Lord's Prayer given to us by Christ himself. Hear us now as we pray.
together in our closing hymn, Amazing Grace. Jonathan and Sandy's family have said that they will stay here in this place after this service, and if you're able to come and uh, greet them and share your love with them, then they are happy to receive you and would appreciate your presence very much. Let us close our service in prayer. Gracious God, by your power you have given us life, and in your redeeming love you have given us new life in Jesus Christ. We now commend a daughter made in your image, Sandy Franks to your merciful care. In the name of our Lord, who died and rose again to save us, and who now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, grant rest eternal unto Sandy, O Lord, and may your perpetual light shine upon her and give her peace. Amen. Amen.